0: Hey folks, Lenny Lawson here, the Car Guru. Inspired, motivated, a little bit ticked off. I can't help it. I should be on the road, or actually in Amelia Island right now, which is mm, pretty nice weather. Northern Florida, a little bit better than Upper East Tennessee right now, but still, I'm glad I'm kicking. Uh, The reason I'm not at Amelia Island at the largest, well, probably the second largest car show in the country Is because of my new hip. Um, It's keeping me awake at night, and I'm just, you know, I'm just really kind of sensitive about walking a lot. I'm getting along fine. I went to therapy yesterday, my first therapy session. It's funny, the guy who installed my new hip said, I don't recommend therapy, just walk. But uh, I'm just not of that same mindset. I need the discipline of a scheduled therapy because I know me, and I will probably not do the exercises as instructed. So I am going to uh, rely on the experts. It took a week to get my insurance to approve going to physical therapy. Uh, Apparently, they just didn't think kindly of me doing that since the doctor didn't recommend it. So anyway, I'm going. I'm there. I would have paid for it myself if I had to, although it is quite expensive. Okay, speaking of therapy... I got a late-night text. It was late night for me, uh, except I'm wide awake at at 2 in the morning. Um, It was a guy in Texas who is a podcast listener, and he was very inquisitive about the approach that I recommend when going in to buy a new vehicle. Now, here's his scenario. He had taken the trouble to get pre-approved, for I think he said $40,000 at his credit union. So he's ready to go. He's going into the dealership knowing that he can spend 40 grand. dollars Hopefully he knows what that uh, amount of payment is on that, that uh, dollar figure, you know, depending on the term. So he knows. he's Is that good? Is that good to know that? Absolutely. If you're a payment buyer and you don't get pre-approved, then you are risking, I guess, a little bit of trouble in the dealership. Now, you wouldn't face that at my dealership or some of my other dealer friends that I love and respect. But if you walk into the wrong place and you're not pre-approved and you are a payment buyer, watch out. Hold on to your wallet, keep your emotions in check, and get ready. But anyway, his question to me was, should I tell them? that I'm pre-approved. So let me ask you this question. If you're pre-approved and you walk into a dealership, aren't you kind of like a cash buyer? I mean, the cash isn't going to come from you. It's going to come from the bank. But if you're pre-approved for a certain amount of money, then you're a cash buyer. You're not you know, relying on financing from the dealership. So here's what I told him to say. Don't tell him you're pre-approved. Tell them you just want a straight sell cash price on the vehicle that you're interested in buying. So does does that give you leverage is the question. Absolutely. You know, when you walk into most dealerships and you tell them you're a cash buyer, number one, they're a little bit disappointed because they'd rather you finance. That way they can close you on a monthly payment. You really don't know what you're paying for the car. And also they have the opportunity to make more money in the finance office. They can make finance reserve. You know, the banks actually pay them to arrange financing. Doesn't cost you any more money unless they jack up the rate, which a lot of dealers do. But, uh, yeah, you have leverage. You have emotional leverage over them. They say, oh, cash buyer. Okay, so you're going to write a check for it. Yep, going to write a check. Oh, okay. So are you going to trade anything? Nope, I might, but I'm not sure. This is what I told him to do. Just get a cash sale price on the vehicle that you're interested in buying. That's the way you're going to get the best number from most dealerships. Uh, tell them that you've shopped online, which he had. You know, tell him, you know, don't lie to him. Um, you know, one of the things I found early on, one of my early sales trainers said, his favorite statement was, buyers are liars too. That's not a very positive way to approach things, is it? But you know, a lot of people will tell little white lies. Uh, they'll say, you know, if you ask some customers if they've shopped around, they know that they're supposed to say yes. Even if they haven't, they'll say, oh yeah, we've shopped around. Yeah, we know. We've shopped your competition. You know, that's one way to get them to say, oh okay, well, maybe I ought to give them my best price first. Because that's what you really want, isn't it? Their best price first. You know, and, and then when they give them Well, when you get their supposed best price and you're getting ready to walk out, you look at them and say, are you sure that's your best price? And I guarantee most of the time they'll say, well, let me go check one more time. And then they'll come back with a little bit lower price. Why is it that way? Well, it's because you're not at Walmart. You know, you're not at Target. Uh, You're at a car dealership where negotiation is still a thing. You know, some dealers many years ago tried to go, uh, well, basically to become what they called a one-price store, which meant that whatever their price was that they gave you up front, that was it. It was non-negotiable. You know how long that typically lasted in a traditional car dealership? About 90 days when their sales dropped off dramatically because people say, okay, well, I'm just going to shop around. You sure you don't want to cut the price? No, we're not allowed to cut the price. And then people would hit the road. So if you have no you know negotiating ability then you don't have a chance to close a deal you know while the customers here. So they tried that in the car business. There there's a big tractor dealership up the road. They sell Kubota, a couple other brands. I've never seen so many Kubota so much orange in my life except at a UT game. So I'm looking at all this orange and I'm thinking my goodness where who are they going to sell all those Kubota tractors to and lawnmowers and stuff like that. You go in there and uh, if they give you a price and you say Is that the best you can do, because I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Kingsport and shop you, well, we might be able to do a little bit better. You know that's negotiating business. If you go to a you know a trailer dealership or I mean a camper dealership where they sell motorhomes, my goodness, have you seen the discounts on motorhomes? I mean they'll knock hundred grand off if you just wink at them, smile at them real nice, because they have so much margin in those things. Now, you know, the average margin in a new vehicle is uh, anywhere from 6 to 8% and even less than that on certain vehicles. I mean, I remember when we first got the new Ford Fiesta in, uh, my sales manager came up to me. He said, look at this invoice. The difference between MSRP and the invoice price, which is what we pay for the car, was uh, th- a little bit over $320. And you know and you have these customers come in and say, "Well, if you don't knock a thousand off, I'm going somewhere else." Well, it's just not there, and people don't believe it. People do not believe that if you're selling them a car for for fifty thousand dollars, that you know you only have what four thousand dollars in in markup on that vehicle. They think you have ten or fifteen thousand, but it's just not the case. You know you can find that out real easy if you go online, go to Edmunds.com or KBB.com. That, they can show you exactly what the invoice price is, and that's where a lot of the transactions are, are happening right now. We've got just about all of our new Fords priced at invoice, or maybe a little bit above, not much, because we have to be competitive. That's why people drive from Nashville and, you know, Lexington, Kentucky, and over in North Carolina. We've we've sold probably hmm, probably twenty five percent this month of the vehicles that we sold. Now, we're a mid-sized dealer in Greenville, Tennessee about 25 percent have come from way outside our county and many of those outside of the state and we love that we we want to sell everybody close though so that we can take care of them in our service department and keep them as long-term customers because usually if somebody goes a long distance to buy a vehicle they'll never go back unless they just had a fantastical experience so okay i'm gonna take my first break i'll be back here in just a minute Okay, so you go into a dealership and you tell them you're a cash buyer, you're going to get treated differently. So, if you tell them that no you're going to be subject to their financing that they have available, the first thing they're going to want to do is take a credit application from you. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that they're going to they're going to look at your credit history. They can see it right there on their computer system if you give them your your name, address, a Social Security number, date of birth, a few other things, they can pull your credit score and really your full credit report. Your credit score is just a part of your overall credit report. But what is a credit score? Well, basically it tells lenders about your general credit worthiness, which means how likely you are to pay back the loan based on your credit history. So they need to know that. Once they know that information, then they can structure a deal for you. What does structure a deal mean, Lenny? Well, it means they're going to determine a selling price, a trade value, and, you know, have to find out how much money you're going to pay down, how much equity or negative equity you have in your trade, and just see what it looks like. You know, if you can have great credit. I mean, you can have a 750 credit score. But if, you know, let's say you bought a, a Chevy Suburban, like 18 months ago, you paid nothing down. The vehicle that you traded in, you owed more on it than it was worth. And, you know, those things depreciate rapidly, all right? Big SUVs. You know, they're slow movers in general. They're really slow movers on the used car lot. So you bring that in after 18 months, and you financed it for 84 months and at a pretty high interest rate, You're going to be what we call buried in that trade-in. You might be $25,000 upside down. I don't care how good your credit is. You're probably not going to be able to get financed on a new expedition. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. So the deal has to be structured so that the bank will look at it and approve it. Now, structuring deals used to be a real negative term. Now, banks in general still is somewhat of a negative term because a lot of dealers would cheat when they were structuring deals, when they would call a deal into the lender, for example, and the customer was wanting to buy a used car on the lot, uh, even though it was a base model, they would lie. Can you imagine? They would actually tell the lender that it had a sunroof and leather, that it was a top-of-the-line package, that it has a you know really good stereo system, trailering package, all this stuff, when it was really a base model. Well, The lender would not know any different until... The customer couldn't make the payments. And then when they repoed that car, they would do a reinspection of the vehicle and they say, Uh-oh, this vehicle doesn't have a sunroof. The dealer said it did. Oh, it doesn't it also doesn't have leather interior. How dare they? So they would call the dealership and say, hey, you misrepresented this car. We need a check for 15 grand, because that's how much less it's worth, because it doesn't have everything you said it had on it. But who's the real victim in that? Well, it's the person who bought it and let it go back because they couldn't afford the payments. They were structured into a car deal that they couldn't afford. You know, sometimes the best answer to a customer is no. You really shouldn't buy this vehicle. How hard is that for a salesperson to say? It's really hard. I mean, these guys are paid on commission, guys and gals. You know, they make a living for with the number of vehicles that they sell plus the you know the average profit that they make on a on a car, they get a percentage of commission, kind of like copying machine salespeople or people who sell campers or you know, lawn mowers for that matter. You know, many many of them are on a percentage of the gross profit, and that's how they make a living. The more profit they make on the deal, the more they make. Now, is that necessarily a bad thing for the consumer? Can be. You know, if you're dealing with a, a dealership that's very unethical and they structure your deal in a way to maximize profit without you knowing it, that's horrible. But, you know, you have, the, you have some tools, and one of those tools is to go in and say that you're a cash buyer. I know you don't want to lie, but you, you aren't. If you get pre-approved for a loan, you are a cash buyer as far as the, the dealership is concerned. Now, if you're not pre-approved, then you're not. You're a finance. You're a finance buyer. You're, you know, you're going to have to get a payment that fits your budget. But then, what do you say? Well, here's what you say. You say, "Listen, I'm a payment buyer, but I don't want to talk about payments. I know what my budget is, and I know that I can afford a forty-five thousand dollar amount financed, and that is the most that I'm going to finance. So, let's talk about the selling price of the car minus my trade." I'm going to pay $5,000 down, but I want to know what the deal is on the car first. You get it? What's the price on the car? Then what are you paying, for, paying me for my trade-in? Then I'm going to pay this much money down. Let's see what the payments are based on those numbers. Where people get in trouble, and I've said many times, is when they go in and the guy says, what kind of monthly payment are you looking for? Oh, we figure we can do about 450 a month. You know, you are dead in the water then because they're gonna structure a deal to get to to maximize the, the gross profit in the dealership to get you to four fifty a month. See, you're not thinking four fifty a month for sixty months, you're just thinking four fifty a month. Is four fifty a month for eighty-four months worse than four fifty a month for sixty? Well, you know it is. But a lot of people don't look at term. That's another thing. There's they're in there signing all the paperwork and they have no clue. What term they finance the car for? Yes, there are people like that. Totally clueless. You know, they're the same people that are driving down the road at 75 miles an hour and they're texting somebody on their cell phone, steering with their knees, with kids in the car seat in the back. Those are those are those people. You know, they don't use their head. And it's so important. It's it's just a great way to get ripped off. You know, you can lose thousands and thousands of dollars in a car deal if you're not paying attention. Thank goodness somebody from Texas who listens to my podcast decided to give me a call or give me a text last night and um, got the answers that they needed. They went into the dealership with leverage. They were wanting to buy a Maverick either a Ford Maverick or a Ford Ranger. And, uh, you know, I told him exactly what the way I would handle the deal. And sometimes, uh, you know, if you know what you're doing and if you have some leverage, it gives you confidence, doesn't it? It gives you a little courage. And, uh, you know, you don't feel at, like a victim. You feel like you have power. And that's the way you need to approach a car deal. Okay, I'll be back in just one minute. You know, lots of times I have people ask me, what is a good credit score? I had a guy come in one time and said, oh, don't pull my credit. I said, how come? Well, because I'm afraid it'll be really low. Well, you need to know, don't you? I'm not sure I do. Well, you need to know. You need to know what your score is. It won't hurt anything. Won't it drop my score if you pull my credit? No, it won't drop your score. A lot of people think it will. Now, if you're in the process of buying a car and you go from one dealership to the other dealership, and get your credit pulled over a period of a few days, that doesn't affect your score negatively. But now if you go, you know, if you apply for a bunch of credit cards and then go to the dealership and, you know, apply for loans and don't do anything, then go back in a couple days later and, or a couple weeks later and apply for more loans and don't get, you know, don't buy anything, yeah, those inquiries are going to count against you. But anyway, he, we pulled his credit score, and he was a 750, beacon score. What does that mean? That's very good credit. You know, 800 is is exceptional. 800 plus it's it's just about the best you can get. It, it demonstrates to to lenders that you are an exceptionally low risk for them. Anything between a 740 and a 799 is very good. It's above average for US consumers, and it says that you're very dependable and you, and you pay your bills. Now, you can have a very good credit score, but your credit uh, bureau is very thin, meaning that you have not borrowed much money. I don't care how good your credit score is if you don't have much credit. Like if you've only borrowed, you know, twenty five hundred dollars at one time, and then have a credit card and you have a good credit history, it's not enough to buy a seventy five thousand dollar car. So you need to have some established credit. Uh, Six seventy to seven thirty nine is a good credit score. It's near or slightly above the average. If you're in the 580 to 699, then you're in the realm of danger, and you're you're probably going to end up paying a higher interest rate than a lot of people do because, or than most of the other people do, because you are um, you've shown that you pay your bills late, you've got too much credit, too much credit card debt, you know you're just paying that high high rate interest on your credit cards, that'll really hurt you. Uh, maybe you've had some charge-offs, some collections. You know, if you get a bill from a hospital and it's $15 and you don't pay it, then that is charged off on your credit report, and that stings the credit number, okay? that That is a uh, a bad thing. Anything under a 580, that's poor credit. It's well below the average score of the average U.S. consumer, and it just demonstrates to lenders that you're risky, you know? You just don't, you don't pay your bills. You know, you see these special financing deals like get zero percent for sixty months. Well, if your credit score is five eighty or below, you're not getting that. You might get it if you're in the mid sixes. Uh, sometimes they they just won't extend that to you. Now they sometimes they'll push down to the lower tiers. You know, if you're an A tier or B tier customer or tier one or tier two, then, you know, you can get just about anything you want. But you get down below that, and it's not always a a sure bet that you're going to get the low rate financing. So, you know, get your credit, pull your credit score, sign up for Experian.com. You can get a free credit report every, I can't remember how often. Plus, they will monitor your credit and let you know if there's any increases in balances or, you know, somebody's, Borrowing money in your name or something like that. I think there's all kinds of um, different, I guess, protection companies out there that will watch your credit and, and and basically let you know if something's happening with regards to your credit. If if you're not doing that, like what do they call LifeLock? I think it's one of them. Or Experian is a great one. If you're not doing that, you should. It doesn't cost much. It's cheap, and that's cheap insurance. And that's insurance is is an oxymoron. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. Check with me tomorrow. I'll be back. See you then.